Welcome to the Semper Reformato podcast, spreading the word and contending for the faith. Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. I want to look with you particularly this morning at verse 3 and verse 4. We're going to talk about the subject of revelation. When I talk about revelation, of course, I'm not in this sense talking about the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament. Talking about the doctrine of revelation. How God reveals himself to us. Paul says in verse 3, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Verse 4. Then, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge. So my question in this study, what I want you to think about, is what does Paul mean here in verse 3, when he talks about the revelation? And why does God not reveal the mysteries of heaven to you and me in the same way that he revealed them to Paul. Because look at verse 3 and 4 and contrast them. God has revealed things to Paul by revelation. But when he speaks to the Ephesians in verse 4, he says, whereby when ye read, ye may understand. Do you see the contrast? So that's my two points this morning. You're listening to the Semper Reformata podcast with Bob McAvoy. Paul's different from us. Paul, you see, is an apostle. He's received this important direct revelation from God. There are some really important things about apostles that we need to remember. Paul had a unique position. An office that was totally unique in the church. Now, apostles didn't appoint other apostles. If you read through the Bible, you'll see that Paul appointed pastors and teachers in the churches. He appointed elders and the apostles asked for the church to choose deacons. They didn't appoint other apostles. Sure they didn't. I know that's what the Roman Catholic Church thinks. The Roman Catholic Church thinks that there's a line of apostolic succession right back to St. Peter. Catholics think that every single Catholic priest is ordained as an heir of Peter in a line of succession right back to Peter, the Pope that sits on Peter's throne today, according to the Catholic Church, can trace his 
lineage right back to the apostles. But the apostles didn't appoint apostles. The apostles appointed pastors and teachers and elders and evangelists, not more apostles. Paul's office in the church was unique. He was an apostle. And it was unique because he lived at a unique time. It was a moment in history that would never be repeated. Just think what was happening here. The Lord Jesus Christ, God's only Son, had come into the world. He had died for sinners on the cross. He'd risen from the dead. He'd ascended into heaven. He'd left a body of believers in this world. And he'd given them this great commission to go into the whole world and tell the gospel, tell the good news that there is forgiveness of sins, that there is peace with God through simply trusting Christ. Now that new body of believers is the church. It's built upon Christ. It's built upon his teachings. He is the foundation. And the apostles were those who were chosen to lay that foundation, to do the foundational work that they're appointed by God to do. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, please, in your Bible. And look at verse 10 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Here's what Paul says there. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation. There he is talking about it. The apostles laying a foundation. And another buildeth thereon. You can see what he's thinking about. He's talking about the church as a building. The foundation, which is Christ, has been laid by the apostles going about and preaching the gospel. Now other people throughout the ages are going to build on that foundation and then he says that we're to let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon for no other foundation can man lay than that which is laid which is Christ Jesus. You cannot build anything else upon the foundation but the work of Christ. He lived at a unique time. For the apostles were there to lay the foundation of the church, to spread the gospel, the good news, to people who never heard it before. So he had a unique position. He was an apostle. He lived at a unique time, a time when the foundation of the church was being laid. He had a unique conversion and call to ministry. Paul's conversion was absolutely different than yours and mine. In one sense at least. To be an apostle, you had to meet the risen Christ. Why don't you turn to the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 21. And you'll see there the disciples choosing a replacement for Judas. Verse 21, Acts chapter 1. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us, people who have been with us, all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his 
resurrection. So what was the qualification to be an apostle? You had to have spent three years with Jesus, hadn't you? You need to note this. Verse 22, beginning from the baptism of John, the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry, unto the same day which he was taken up from us. That was a three-year period, wasn't it? Someone to replace Judas, that new apostle, he had to be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So he had to be someone who had spent three years training with Christ. And he had to be someone who had met the Lord Jesus face to face. And he had to be someone who was a witness of the resurrection. Three qualifications to be an apostle. Not a problem for Peter and John and James and so on. But what about Paul? Paul was a rebellious sinner. Paul was just a religious fanatic who hated Christianity, hated the message of salvation by grace. He wasn't a disciple of Jesus. He wasn't there to witness the resurrection. How could he be an apostle? He approved of the martyrdom of Stephen. He persecuted the church until he met Christ. But then something happened. And that's where we have to go to the book of Galatians. The passage that we read together a little bit earlier on. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1. Because Paul met the risen Christ personally as he journeyed along a road, a road to Damascus. Jesus spoke to him. He revealed himself to him. I'm going to suggest to you, not just on the road to Damascus. Let's look down this passage. Turn back to Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse 11. By the way, he starts in verse 1 by saying that he's an apostle. Remember those qualifications for an apostle. He's an apostle, not of men, neither by men. You don't get made an apostle by men. You're not ordained by man to be an apostle like the Pope thinks. But by Jesus Christ, God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So let's go down to verse 11. And there we read this. I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Now here's an expert. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The same word that he uses in Ephesians. He was taught directly by Jesus. The same as the other apostles. Let's go on down the chapter. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. Remember that the disciples of Jesus, these first apostles, they weren't taught by each other. They were taught by Jesus. So Paul says, I wasn't taught by men. Verse 17, I didn't go up to Jerusalem and go to the Jerusalem Bible College. I didn't go to learn from the apostles because apostles don't make other apostles. I didn't go to get to be made an apostle by Peter or James or John up in Jerusalem. I went to Arabia. 
Now here's the point. Look at verse 18. Then after three years I went to Jerusalem. Do you remember the qualification for an apostle? You had to spend three years with Christ. Learning from John's baptism to his resurrection. You have to learn from Jesus in order to be an apostle. Not from the Bible college, not from the seminary, not from the university. You have to be in the presence of Jesus. So how can he say that God has revealed this great mystery to him? And my contention here is that Jesus not only revealed himself to Paul at his conversion, but that he, like the other apostles, had studied with Christ for three years in that lonely desert place in Arabia, Paul in personal communication with the one who created the universe, the one who redeemed his people, God revealed his divine purpose to his chosen servant. Let's go back to, to Ephesians chapter 2. Remember the, the difference between Paul and us. By revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. So the question is, can we have that same revelation? Can we? Will God speak to me? Will we meet Jesus the way that Paul the Apostle did? Can we have a personal communication with Christ? Can we sit at his feet and learn directly from him? Paul's experience of revelation from God was unique because there are no apostles today. There may be those who say they are, Paul was the very last one. You might be saying to yourself, but there's one qualification of an apostle that you haven't covered here. Because an apostle had to, according to that passage in Acts, an apostle had to meet the risen Jesus, didn't he? He had to be a witness of the resurrection. But I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3 For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter and then of the twelve and after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to this present but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. Here's the verse, verse 8. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. When Paul lists the witnesses of the resurrection, he includes himself. But look what he says. Last of all. Paul fulfills all the criteria, all the qualifications for a New Testament apostle. You don't, neither do I. My second point takes me to verse 4 in Ephesians chapter 3. Because God has spoken, and he does speak to us. Here's what Paul says. We have to start at the last little bit of verse 3. You might find the words there in brackets, where it says, As I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge. And there is a difference. God spoke to the apostles directly 
in the person of Christ. God speaks to us when we read his word. Paul's talking here about something he has already written. Look at what he says. As I wrote before in a few words whereby when you read. Chapter 2 verse 14 to 22. He's pointing them to the written word of God. That's the principle he sets for us. God in his word in the Bible has spoken to us. Finally spoken. The inspiration and authority of the written word of God is the authoritative rule of faith and conduct for every man and woman. That's how God spoke to the Ephesians. That's why we still read the Bible today. That's why we're still reading these words, these letters. Because when we read the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, God speaks to us through his word. He doesn't speak to us in dreams. Paul doesn't write to the Ephesian believers and tell them to dream big dreams. He doesn't write to the Ephesian believers and tell them to go and hear some vision-casting inspirational speaker. He doesn't write to the Ephesians and, and, and tell them to wait until the Lord drops a wee word into your heart. He tells them to read what he has written, that he has received from God. Somebody once said, if you want to hear God's voice, just read your Bible. And if you want to hear God speaking audibly, then read your Bible out loud. It's as simple as that. That's why it's so important that you keep the scriptures open. So important that you have a Bible in your home, that you open it and read it every day. If you come to a part that you don't understand, you bring it to church and you ask someone else, ask me or one of the friends here, and we'll help you to understand it. Read your Bible every day. Have a Bible. Keep it open. Don't leave it in a sideboard gathering dust. When you read the scriptures, God speaks to you. Through his word. Of course all of that raises a very interesting question. When Paul was writing this epistle to the Ephesians. And his other letters to various churches and various pastors. Did he know that 2,000 years later. It would be bound up in a book along with the Old Testament and the Gospels. Did he know that when he wrote his words. That they would carry the weight of the authoritative divinely inspired word of God. Did he know that what he was writing was part of the canon of scripture. And convinced that he knew perfectly well. He knew beyond doubt that he was an apostle. He knew that he had a unique ministry. He knew that God spoke to him in a way that he did not speak to others. He knew that he was a chosen instrument publishing the gospel to all the world. When he wrote his letters, he expected them to be read publicly in the church, not just in one church, but in lots of churches. And by the time Second Peter was written, the reading of Paul's letters in assembled groups of believers was an established practice. Second Peter 3 and 15, 
talks about the account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Paul's letters, by the time Peter was writing his second epistle, were already being read as the word of God. His letters were intended by him to be read in the churches in the same way and with the same authority as the Old Testament scriptures were read in Jewish synagogues. Paul knew what he was doing. And he knew what he was writing was God's own words. And he knew they were inspired and infallible and inerrant. Read what has been written. And in them, hear God speaking to you today. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please help to make it better known by opening the podcast app on your phone or mobile device. Then, search for The Semper Reformata Podcast. Subscribe and give it a 5-star rating. See you next time.